0: Do psychiatric medications really kill more Americans than heroin? Find out the answers and more on today's FBC Natchez podcast. Hello everyone and thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. I'm your host, Matt Martin. We have an interesting show planned for you today, and I just want to start out by thanking everyone for taking time out to, li- to listen to today's podcast. Now, I want to read a review from Captain underscore Jack Bryan, and he says this, good stuff. Well, <laughs> there you have it from a tr- trusted source, and I totally agree that this is good stuff. Well, Let's dive into the show today. Uh, I recently came across an article entitled Psychiatric Medications Kill More Americans Than Heroin. Well, naturally, I'm intrigued simply by the title, so I click on the article and I begin reading a sobering article regarding the devastating effects of drugs, both psychiatric medications and heroin. Now, I wanted to read this article because just simply because I've always had a fascination with psychiatry and psychotropic medications. But however, I was not prepared for the information contained within this article. This article begins by asserting in 2014, 10,574 people died of heroin overdose, while 15,778 died from an overdose of psychiatric medications, nearly 50% more. The article continues. The biggest killers are sedatives, benzodiazepines, such as Xanax and Z-drugs, such as Ambien, antidepressants, psychostimulants like Ritalin, amphetamine, and methamphetamine, and psychotics in that order. All I can say is, wow. I had no idea that psychiatric medications had such a high death rate. When writing my dissertation, I mentioned briefly the destructive nature of various drugs such as marijuana, cocaine, heroin, alcohol, and even prescription pills. Yet I remember the mountainous evidence of the dangers of prescription pills, but had no clue that they had a higher death rate than other drugs. So what do you suspect was the cause for such a high rate of overdose over the past 15 years? This particular article suggests a number of factors appear to contribute to this, including increased prescribing, increased polypharmacy, which is prescribing multiple drugs to the same person at one time, increased off-label prescribing, and increased prescribing of psychiatric drugs by non-specialists, including general practitioners, nurse practitioners, and others untrained in the field of psychiatry. So what's the answer to the problem of overdose in the psychiatric world? The article answers this question in the following way. Wouldn't it be great if there were were some way that we could permanently change the wiring of the brain to ameliorate or eliminate things like depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, without a lifetime reliance on potentially deadly drugs? Actually, there is. It's called psychotherapy. Now, I'm following the article all the way until I get to this point, and I have to simply disagree. The answer to the problem of overdose in the psychiatric world is not man-centered, self-focused, psychotherapeutic approach to a person's problems. Rather, what people need to hear is about the hope in Jesus. Now, it's not my purpose to throw stones and try to bring down the Goliaths of modern secular psychology. However, I do believe it is my purpose to be a voice, such as a voice like John the Baptist of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. In other words, I do not say this with sinful arrogance, but with a biblical boast that I have the answer to the questions contained within this article, and it's Jesus Christ. When posed the question, wouldn't it be great if there is a way to permanently change the wiring of the brain without a lifetime reliance on drugs? The answer is not psychotherapy, but rather divine transformation. Divine transformation refers to a person being transformed to become more like Christ, which can only happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. This transformation, and I say the word transformation, but really this this word it, it is a theological word that we talk about many times in the church called sanctification. In sanctification, transformation occurs through the renewal of a person's mind. Apostle Paul writes in Romans twelve two, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable imperfect. The only way that someone can become like Jesus is to be transformed in the likeness of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.18 states that we are being transformed, we being Christians, in the same image, the likeness of Christ from one one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, I'm totally indebted to Mark Shaw and his biblical insights in the recovery world of drugs and alcohol. Uh, I've developed a relationship with him and being able to converse back and forth through the writing of my dissertation and just reading his books. I even had him come and speak at a conference that I hosted at uh, a, a church of mine back in uh, Ovet. And he did a wonderful job. He's just got some great insights into the, into the field of addiction. He's authored many books regarding the biblical understanding of addiction, and two that I most often recommend is The Heart of Addiction and his short devotional for addicts called Cross Talking. In his devotional for addicts, Shaw rightly concludes, a transformation is God's answer for any and all types of addiction, and it is only found at the foot of the cross where Jesus was crucified. So, how can... We encourage genuine transformation from sin, specifically from the sin of addiction. Well, in comes the need for biblical counseling and biblical counselors. This is such a wonderful opportunity for people in the church to get involved with the ministry of the church, to get involved in the ministry of biblical counseling. So, for any biblical counselor, one has the opportunity to counsel one of two ways with a person who is struggling with an addiction. The first direction of counsel really should be to find out if, if whether or not the addict is a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Biblical counselors have the wonderful and awesome privilege of evangelizing an unbelieving addict. And this is where the credible opportunity to share the gospel about all those who are sanctified have one source and that's their great high priest Jesus Christ. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews has to say about our great high priest. For he who sanctifies, that's talking about Jesus, and those who are sanctified, those who are talking about he's talking about Christians, all have one source. That is why he, talking about Jesus, is not ashamed to call them our Christians brothers. So not only do substance abusers have one source, Jesus, the high priest, but Jesus, the high priest, has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified in him, according to Hebrews 10, verse 10 and verse 14. As our high priest, Jesus suffered and died in order to sanctify his people. In Hebrews 13, 12, the author of Hebrews notes, So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. If an addict accepts Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, then the hope of transformation then really does become a reality instead of just a potentiality. And so I think we could just simply say that one's hurt turns into one's hope in Christ. The second direction of counsel really involves discipleship. A biblical understanding of transformation really emboldens an addict of the reality that freedom from the slavery of drugs and alcohol is possible. In other words, the biblical concept of transformation really does give an addict hope. And the word hope is used Seven times in the book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6, chapter 6, verse 11, 18, 19, chapter 7, verse 19, chapter 10, verse 23, and chapter 11, verse 1. And really, what the author is doing in the book of Hebrews is he's linking the concept of hope to the priestly ministry of Jesus. The work of Christ is the hope for all sinners. And really, it it doesn't matter what you're struggling with. I mean, it might be anxiety, depression, drug abuse. It might be prescription medications, uh, pornography, whatever it is. There's hope in Christ for all sinners. And so how can we provide those who are struggling with sin hope for genuine transformation? Biblical counselors must present the gospel. Present the gospel, the hope that we have in Christ. And call those who are struggling with sin, whether addictions or other things, to willingly repent of the sin associated with that sin. Mark agrees when he says that willingness is the essential starting point for a Christian addict. When God changes your heart, then you can begin to replace your flawed perishing thinking with the perfect, joyful, and righteous thinking of God himself. So really, until addicts, alcoholics, those who are struggling with any type of substance, make Christ their personal Lord and Savior, there will be no genuine transformation. Instead, addicts and alcoholics will only experience the futility of recovery. Those struggling with substance abuse must be continually warned regarding their transformation. Because there's danger in continuing down an open and rebellious road of sin. The author of Hebrews warns, How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the Spirit of grace? Which can be found in Hebrews 10, 29. So the answer to the overprescribing of psychotropic drugs is not psychotherapy. It's theological therapy. It's transformation which occurs by the renewal of the mind brought about by God's Holy Spirit. And so today, is there anyone listening who may be struggling with an addiction? Is there someone who finds themselves popping pills? Maybe you know someone who is struggling today. Maybe you can send this podcast to, to them and let them listen to it. And maybe you can talk about it with them. But here's an encouraging word to those struggling with substance abuse. Trust in the sanctifying work of one's high priest, Jesus Christ. But that presupposes that you've made Christ your personal Lord and Savior. And all you have to simply do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and to believe in Jesus and commit your life to being godly and holy and living for Him. And if you've done that today, then you can trust in the sanctifying work of Christ. And so thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. We really would appreciate it if you would like, rate, leave us a nice reply about our podcast in the comment section somewhere. And if you have any questions really about a particular topic that you would like to hear discussed on our podcast, email me at mmartin at And if you feel like this podcast really has been helpful, send it to a friend and help us get the news out there. Tell others about our podcast. And on behalf of the church staff here at FBC, we love you guys. We're praying for you. And we'll talk to you next time on the FBC Natchez podcast.